You are listening to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This podcast is hosted by retired corrections officer, Mark DeWolf, who will discuss various topics prevalent to corrections, gay culture, arts and entertainment, as well as current events. Listeners need to be advised that this podcast will discuss situations involving extreme violence, substance abuse, sexual assault, and murder. Details of actual events have been modified so as to protect the privacy of involved parties. Happy New Year and welcome back to the Gay Florida Man podcast. This is episode 39 and I'm going to be talking today with Barbie as we continue to talk about the wild, weird, strange, shocking relationship stories that we've had to deal with in the gay community. So I'm not going to have a long intro. I'm just going to remind everybody once again, please follow us on social media. We have a Facebook page, an Instagram page, and a Twitter page, and a YouTube page. The YouTube page is going to be specifically important in the next month, as I have a couple of different guests, and we're going to be talking about the China Buffet film that I made back in 2007. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome back Barbie to the Gay Florida Man podcast. So Barbie, are you ready to talk more about our dating experiences in the gay community oh my god mark am i so excited to uh, uh, bring up this drama yes especially around the holidays love it <laughs> i don't mind talking about it because it's in the rear view mirror when it was happening it was not very fun and i think that you and i probably traveled many of our mountains together many of our valleys together and so we've been able to share our stories as we lived them I, I agree with you on that. Like you said, it's nice to have them in the rear view mirror instead of right <laughs> in your face because, God, I just try to speed up and forget about it. Well, let's jump right into it. Who wants to start out? Do you want me to start out or would you like to start out for the first X? You know, I always love to hear your stories first. Oh, boy. Well, I've got a good one and you know this person. I think you met him. We're going to call him Alan for the purposes of this podcast. This gentleman I had met during Winter Pride, because there was a time in Salt Lake City where Pride Festival happened during the summer in June, but they also had a Winter Pride. I don't know if you remember that. No. Yes. And so this would have probably been January 2007. There was the Winter Pride, and they had a film festival to go with the Pride Festival in Salt Lake City. And it was happening at Bruvies Theater downtown. And so I had gotten together with this group of friends, and one of my friends had brought this young, cute Latino guy, and again, we're calling him Alan, first time I'd met him, and immediately was smitten with his appearance. I thought he was a very attractive young man. We hit it off. I think that we exchanged numbers that night. It was fun. You know, you get those butterflies, you get that energy because you are attracted to somebody. And when they reciprocate and give you their number back, and then things start to progress and you start to hang out. Now, I will tell you something about this particular individual okay. is that he was originally from Texas and Ew. his ex was the chief of police down in Texas in a small town. 
I don't know if you've ever dated somebody where they are still hung up about their ex, even if it's been, say, years. They're still attracted to their ex, or they still constantly reference their ex. If that happens to you, if you're listening to this podcast, that should be a huge red herring. You should run the fuck away if they're not over the ex. Alan and I, we start dating. And I should have snapped out of it and realized this guy's still hung up with his ex, but I didn't. And so we start dating. I realize that he has like this really bizarre mood change. Like some days he's in a great mood. And then the next day he doesn't even want to fucking look at me. And I don't know what that's about, but I just figured like he's having a bad day. You know, you justify these people. When you like somebody, you justify their actions. You minimize what's really happening. And you look at ways to make excuses for this person because you're attracted to them. That's not healthy. I don't remember all the details of our relationship. I just remember it was ups and downs and ups and downs. And I could never understand his mood swings. And I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Once we had been dating for a while, we would see each other typically on the weekend, sometimes during the week, because like our 12-hour shift at the prison, we would have different days off. I would do overtime a lot. And of course, I wanted to see Alan all the time. But he was always having some type of emotional problem. I'd started to hear rumors that Alan liked cocaine. But again, justifying, minimizing, no, no, no. There's no way that somebody that I liked could have a drug problem. There's no fucking way. I'm a cop. No. Yeah. (laughs) And he's too nice. And there's no way I'm attracted to him, so he can't have a drug problem. I remember there was this one time, and at this point, there was already like definitely areas where you could see there's a problem. We had planned to get together for this one weekend, and I had the whole weekend off. It was probably like our four-day off. I had spent all day Friday like cleaning the house, getting ready, and getting candles, and just really romantic night. And he was working during the day at that time. And as it got later on in the evening, or later on in the afternoon, rather, he was supposed to get off work at like 5, and then he'd probably be up at my house at like 6 because he worked in Salt Lake City. Now, I knew his brother was out of town that weekend, and he was staying with his brother right near 45th South. I think that's where there's that China Buffet restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know where you're talking about. Not too far from that is where his brother had a really nice, beautiful house, and his brother did detail work. He had his own detailing shop. So his brother made good money, and his sister-in-law worked, I think, in a hospital. Like five or six o'clock in the afternoon, I get a text message, not a phone call, a text. And it's like, hey, look, I, it's been a long day. I really don't feel that good. And so I'm just going to have to take a hard pass for tonight. I'm like, what? Like, wait a minute. No, we've been planning. I haven't seen him in a week and planning this big thing. And we were going to go out to dinner. I think he'd like never eaten red lobster or something, which, you know, that was big time back in Mm -hmm. 2007, Barbie. So, you know, I'm like, wait, what, what? Like, I'm so excited to see this guy. You know, I call him and I'm like, what's going on? And and he's instantly fucking irritated that I'm calling him. <gasps> and I'm like, you know, what's going on? Like, why don't you feel well? And he instantly becomes so aggressive. He's like, I just don't feel well, okay? And we're going back and forth and back and forth. And I, he's not really giving me an explanation. He's just basically blowing me off. Mm-mm. And so it pushes to the point where I hang up with him. You know, he's made it clear he's not coming. And so I'm getting mad. So I get get in the car and I start driving towards Salt Lake and I make it to like Bountiful North Salt Lake. And I call him or I text him and I said, look, I'm coming to you right now. No, don't come here. Uh Oh, when somebody says that, you know, and you're dating and you're committed, 
Like, what does that tell you? Like, fuck, what's going on? He's got a dick in his mouth. <laughs> or a line of coke or, you know, somebody's doing a line of coke off his ass. Yes. Anyways, so I'm racing there and my emotions are all over the fucking place. And I get off at 45th South and he's like, you know, don't come here. I'll meet you at that Chinese restaurant. I get to the Chinese restaurant and he's parked there in the parking lot. I get out of my car and I jump into his car. Barbie, he won't even look at me. He's so fucking livid. Oh, what the fuck? And so he looks at me like I'm on the verge of tears because I don't understand this guy. Like what's going on with him emotionally? So I look at him and his pupils are dilated. They're huge. Okay. I'm like asking him what his problem is. And I'm like, you're, you know, you're being really nasty. And he looks at me and his eyeballs are huge. And he goes, you're a fucking asshole. Uh, and I'm like, like, what is happening right now? Like, you're the one that's blowing me off and you don't want me to go to your brother's house. Like who's there or what's there? What's happening? None of this makes sense. We have this argument. I get in my car and I'm just fucking destroyed. So I start driving home crying and upset. And I like yeah. this guy and I don't know why he's nasty. And as I'm driving home, a mutual friend of ours, I had called him and said, you know, you're not going to believe what Alan just did. And I explained it. He's like, what? They start communicating. And then the other guy calls me back and he's like, you know, he realizes you're a really good guy. And you're really fucked up and blah, blah, blah. So I went home and I got totally drunk doing Long Island iced teas all night. Sad that I was in love with this guy that was clearly a train wreck. Then the next day, He's saying, I'm sorry, I just was in a bad mood, and uh, I just wasn't myself last night. And so we reconcile. I stay the night at his brother's house. By Sunday, he's in another mood. This cycle of him and his mood swings going up and down and up and down, it continued to happen, and he would like make plans and then not tell me. So let me ask you a question. How hmm. long were you dating him before you started seeing these cycles? at least three hours <laughs> okay. I, I, I don't re <laughs> I don't remember <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember okay. I'm 51 my memory's going I know so is mine <laughs> it's a good thing it was probably honestly I figured maybe a month and a half wow before yeah. I start to see these mood swings and again it's like he's really nice and then the next day he's really fucking mean and so this is going up and down and up and down. He made plans like to go to uh, Vegas with his friends. And that probably was like April. Okay. And then he just kind of randomly tells me like, oh, yeah, this weekend I'm going to Vegas. I'm like, wait, we're going to Vegas. When were you going to tell me this? Well, I'm telling you right now. Like, you're going to go on a trip and you're not going to tell me? Like, we've been dating for, you know, months now. He's like, well, I want to go. <laughs> and he was just so impulsive. And needed instant gratification with like the way he acted. So the relationship starts falling apart April and probably by May we had like broken up. But it was just such a weird roller coaster because he's like, I know you're a really nice guy. It's me, not you. He definitely exploited that whole line of it's me, it's not you. There was just so many different things. As all this was happening, we had a mutual friend that was a doctor that worked at the prison. And okay. I had gone to Dave that we both know. And I had told Dave about these cycles, about him being really nice. And then, you know, I think there might be drugs involved and other people have told me he likes cocaine. So Dave said, 
everything you're describing is right here in this book. And he said, who you're dating, this Alan person, he is a borderline personality disorder. He is classic. Now, it's more rare in men than women. But when you get a male that's a borderline personality, they are absolutely the worst. Really? Like the Yes. And so he said the classic traits of a borderline personality, they are very impulsive. They are into drugs, promiscuous sex, gambling. Everything that Alan was into was classic to a borderline personality disorder. Like they have this weird way of like getting attention in just different ways than like the normal mind would work. Dave had explained it's like the ultimate achievement for a borderline personality disorder would be like they're dating somebody that gets killed and then they don't have to deal with the person anymore, but then they get all this attention for that person's death. Oh my God. Yeah. And so he said they can be prescribed lithium for impulse control, but Mark, you need to get out of this relationship. And I already see your mind working, Mark. You're figuring out how to fix this person and you cannot fucking fix them. You just need to get the fuck out of this. This is Dave. I, telling me, this I is the doctor this. telling me. Yeah. Yes. He's like, I already see what's happening. Your mind is working. You're like, well, if I do this, no, 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 no. Stop. Let it go. There's plenty of fish in the sea. And he said there was a book I needed to read and it was called, I hate you. Don't leave me. And he's like, that's about borderlines. And you need to read that book because it's going to basically be like reading Alan's biography. And I never did read the book. I just read a lot more online and other things that I could find about borderline personality disorder. And it was scary Barbie because so much of what he had um, described was so true. I mean, everything that I'd read and researched, Alan was classic. What happens is, is we dated that whole winter into spring. And then I was at work one night at Olympus and I just could not stop thinking about him. I was thinking about him nonstop and he was at work and he was off at 10 and I wrote this big, long letter at Olympus. Then I called the watch commander and said, look, I need to go. I need to leave. And he said, okay, well, I'll send you relief. And I got off at 10. Well, actually I got off at like 930. He was off at 10. So I had called him and said, look, I'm going to come by your work. You know, when you get off work, I got something for you. He's like, okay. So I get off work at 930. I'm probably 15 minutes away from his work. I go over to his job. As I'm pulling into the parking lot, he's pulling out. He's leaving. And I'm like, why the fuck is he leaving? I was coming over to see him. So I hit my high beams. I pull in and he pulls over and I get out of the car and I walk up. And I said, I told you I was coming. He's like, yeah, I know, but I'm off shift fucking twat really <laughs> yeah and so i'm like are you fucking serious right now and he's looking at me like what's wrong with you like i'm off shift why would i why would i stay around I, I, <laughs> I'm like, because i left my job early to come give you this letter you fucking cunt <sighs> so i give him the letter it opens up my heart it pours out my emotions and it's like you know i love you so much clearly you don't feel the same way blah 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 blah, blah. so i give him this letter and then i go home I don't remember him sending any type of message like that was really sweet. You know, he was like, he's probably at home with a voodoo doll of me stabbing it going, why won't this fucking guy die so I can get attention? Snorting a line but while he's doing it. Doing a line of coke off my voodoo doll's ass. Mm, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so we finally break up and then I go through this whole period of sadness and despair and grief. And everybody was like, you're better off. The guy's horrible. He treats you shitty. That was the point where I moved from Clearfield to West Jordan. 
Okay. So I was closer to the prison and I, you know, got a much bigger, nicer, newer house than what I had been living in up there in Sunset. I'm going to jump in with a small story. I'll get back to Alan in a minute, Barbie. I got to tell you this kind of just like so the continuity you'll understand because we're going to come back to Alan, but there's this other player in the story that is very interesting that the two stories will collide. So I break up with Alan. I'm living now in, in West Jordan. I've got this roommate. The roommate is a very attractive white guy and he goes to the club and he's like bringing home different people all the time. This guy loves sex. He's, he's into it. Like every time I see him, he's like with somebody new and I'm like, God damn, man. And like most gay men. He was a very attractive guy and all these guys he's bringing home are really attractive. But one time he had brought home this twink. I'm like, oh God, man, that kid's really cute. So I think that those two are having a, a thing. I guess they weren't real committed because then like the following Friday, we're all going to go to that club that used to be Bricks downtown. And so it's my roommate, this other kid, this twink, and then some people that we know from the prison, um, Jesse and his wife. Oh, wow. And there's a group of us that are going to go down to the club. Now, this twink is like 19 or 20. He's not 21. So he can't go to the adult side. Remember that club? Fucking young. Fu- yes. Fucking Utah. God, why do you even go to a bar if they're only 18? I don't know. God, that pisses me off. Do you know how guys would get the minors drunk in a bar like that? Do you know? This no. was explained to me. I would never do it. But this is what they would do. Guys would get a shot on the adult side. Then they would walk over to the underage side. And they would make out with him and spit the shot into the miner's mouth and go back and forth getting these kids drunk. Well, you guys do swallow anything, so I'm not surprised. That's disgusting. No, we, we, we weren't swallowing. We were spitting, though. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, but the twink is swallowing, okay? That's gross. That, <laughs> fucking gross. I know. By the time you walk from one side of the club and then go through security to the other side, it's got to be 30% saliva. It's got to be a really thick shot like Sambuca. That's Anyways, disgusting. and that's how they would do it. I was like repulsed when I heard that story from somebody that I knew that did it. We will not name names. We go to the club. This twink is like really showing me attention before we go. He is like just very flirtatious. So I'm like, oh, you know, I still got it. I still got it. You know, this young kid is, uh, you know, looking for a daddy. Um, <laughs> and so we go to the club. I get so shit faced. We go back to my place, and I don't know how I got home. I don't know if I hitchhiked or blew a trucker to get a ride back to West Jordan. But anyways, I got home. I'm like, cannot like hardly stand up. And I go to bed. All of a sudden, I don't know, something gets my attention, and I wake up, and I look, and here's this twink standing in my bedroom. What? Hi. (laughs) Is he naked? Not yet. He ends up getting naked, and we're rolling around and you know both of us well he's drunk because somebody was delivering shots to him i did not supply him with alcohol but anyways we're messing around and uh you know we both are basically victims of whiskey dick and so nothing happens and so the next day i have to drive him home and i go and i drop him off at his house and i'm like hey you know what are you doing today and he's like, oh, I have to work at Forever 21. Oh, my God. I brought him lunch that day. He's, like, embarrassed that I brought him lunch. 
Because they're probably, like, is that your dad? <laughs> I hate you. I fucking hate you. I hate you because you're honest. I, why can't you lie to me, Barbie? Why can't, why can't you lie to me like everybody else? Like everybody I've dated. My dad so brought sweet. you lunch. That's so sweet. It's not my dad. It's my daddy. I never saw him again. I never saw Twink again. So July happens. And then the end of July, I'm there in the kitchen and I'm talking with my roommate. A text message comes through on my phone. And I look at it. And my roommate goes, oh, fuck, I know who that is. And I look at him like, how do you know who that is? And he's like, I know by the look on your face, I already know who that is. Who is it? He goes like, I know, it's Alan. How did you know that? He's like, because of your face. I wear my emotions on my sleeve. I don't know. But he said instantly, my face lit up like a pinball game. You know, I was excited because it was Alan. Clearly, I was still head over heels for the guy. He had reached out and he's like, hey, how are you doing? And... um we started messaging back and forth and then we talked. So he had lived at an apartment complex over right off state street, like in Murray okay. and his car got stolen. So he had no car. So he was asking if I could give him a ride to a couple of different car dealerships where he could test drive some cars. And I said that I would do it. And so we, we got together and I drove him to some different car places, but apparently when you have a credit score of like 150, oh, you don't qualify. That's bad. <laughs> I, I don't know what his credit score was. I just know that he wasn't in the range of qualifying for anything, but like maybe a skateboard. Wow. Yeah. So we go out to Chili's and we talk after this whole thing. And he doesn't know because when we had dated before, I was still living up in Sunset. So I had told him like, you know, I live in West Jordan now. And so after we had eaten we drove out to the house in west jordan honestly barbie i was excited to show him the house because the other house was a starter home very teeny little house and now this house was much more recognizable it was like a condo home and so compared to the first one the first one was like 700 square feet it was a teeny little house i was very proud of the house in west jordan and was excited to show him which again i should not have been the guy is not good for me. No, I and, want to slap you right now listening to all this, but I'm waiting. <laughs> now, you gave me some really good advice because we had talked about dating and you had said to me, and I remember exactly where we were standing when you said these perfect words to me. Do enlighten me. And you had said, Mark, relationships are like milk. When milk goes bad, do you retaste it? Do you take another sip? No. Once it goes bad, there's no going back. And is, those words have stuck with me to this day. And they'll stick with me until I'm dead. You can put it back in the fridge, Mark. Then you walk away and you go back. It's still <laughs> fucking sour. Barbie, <laughs> why would I put it back in the fridge so somebody else could taste it? You pour it right down <laughs> the fucking drain. It's over. It's done. Yes. It yes. does not turn into yogurt. It doesn't turn into sour cream. It no. is fucking done. We went back to my house. Look, it, it, you know, we end up fucking. Of course. It was really so good. It was really good sex. Oh, God. I, I still sex. remember it. It's, yeah, it was. It really was. Aggression, everything else that you have. And it always is great sex. There was no aggression. It was it was making love. It was a lot, of, a lot of caressing. It was like seriously so beautiful. It was a romance novel. 
there's a little more mud involved than most romance novels. I just threw up in my mouth. That's what started us getting back together. Within a couple of months, he's moving in. Uh, he gives up his apartment, and I buy him a car. Oh, Mark. You know, there's strings attached. I bought him a car. You know, it's not his car unless he can pay me for it because he's covered under my insurance. He's still paying for the car. It's just in my name, but he can't just move out. So there are strings attached. I didn't buy him a car and give it to him and give him the title so he can go fuck that old thing and get that stolen and not carry insurance. You're still <laughs> so, not making me feel better about that. I know. We so do stupid it, things. We're at a point where it is October. Now, there's one person that listens to the podcast, and he will kick my ass if I don't tell this story. I'm <laughs> there waiting. was a point in like September okay. where I got really sick. So I have to go to the doctor. I can't stop going to the bathroom, to say it nicely. Oh. I guess the health department calls me and says, like, where have you eaten? Because like this is basically you've been had some type of exposure to fecal matter in your food. <laughs> Shirts and the food. Well, and again, it all depends on where you eat. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not going to go into a lot of details, but there is one particular mutual friend that loves to bring up this story. And even though it's been 15 years ago, he still loves to. Well, you got sick because you tossed somebody's salad. Oh. And he loves to bring this up. And I know right now, if he's hearing this, he's fucking laughing. Another check mark for Alan. He got me really sick because of what we were doing. And normally with really good hygiene, that sort of thing doesn't happen. That is mm. so disgusting. I know where you lesbians put your tongue. So don't judge <laughs> me. Don't judge me. Fuck, okay. I hate it when you do that. But it's, but it's, <laughs> it's so I, true, listen, Never mind. I, I have smelt the dumpster behind Red Lobster on Sunday morning in July. I know. Okay. That's why I'm gay. It's true. But if you would have done the, like, well, you can't do the dip and sniff. Like I told you before, you always did the dip and sniff before you went down. But like, I mean, you couldn't move, you couldn't move your finger across his asshole. Well, I guess you could have, you would have smelled it and maybe not put. No, there was no, obviously when we're talking about gay sex, you know, if you get anywhere in the bathing suit area and something does not smell pleasant, you know, like, hey, it's time to shower, oh, right? Okay. And and I never, if I had gotten any hint, you think, I don't care how drunk I am, I know that smell. And so I would back off. I, I honestly would. Maybe it was just a bad trip to Taco Bell or something. Maybe it was nothing to do with that. But regardless, <laughs> again, I'm still here. We are all these years later, and I'm oh still God. I'm still justifying and I'm still trying to defend them. So now we're talking Halloween time. Okay. Now we're at Halloween time. Now in October, and I wanted to do this one thing. It was on my bucket list of something I wanted to do as far as Halloween. I'd always wanted to do the classic Batman and Robin of Adam West and Burt Ward from the 1960s Batman television show. Yes. Barbie, no shit. I spent like $2,200 or $2,400 on our costumes. I remember those costumes. And they were so authentic. You know, I had everything custom made based on his sizes. I know that his cape was made by a seamstress friend of mine 
the tunic that he wears and then the shirt. The only thing that he didn't have was the right shoes. We covered a pair of shoes and made them look like elf, like Robin shoes from the show. But mine had come from three different countries. The cowl had come from Canada. The bodysuit had made been made in Thailand and the boots were made in Brazil. So they were shipped international for me. I was really excited about it. And I realized, you know, when I first got my bat suit, I had that really bad diarrhea of because what had Alan had given me. So I had to learn how to get that off real quick. Literally what he'd given me, you bleed out of your ass. Like that's what that, I thought, is it salmonella? I can't remember. Whatever it is when you eat, when you eat poop. (laughs) So I had learned how to get out of that bat costume really fast. Now we are one week from the Halloween party. And this is going to be epic. I'm really excited. It's either Friday or Saturday night, one week from the Halloween party. I had worked a swing shift at Olympus. And I remember Alan had called me at Olympus. The control said, hey, you got a phone call. So I came. It's Alan. He's like, hey, you know, my friends really want to go out tonight to the club. I don't know. Something that's telling me don't trust him. Don't trust him. But all right. Well, you know, I'm not going to go out because I got I had to work the next day, like 6 a.m. I tell him like, okay, cool, whatever. I'll see you when I get home. I get off work. I go home and there's two other dudes there in the house and Alan. And I know one of them because of a mutual friend. I don't know. I'm just getting this vibe, but he's like doing shots in the kitchen. They're doing the pre-drink thing. Then they go off to the club. I call him to work the next day sick already. And I start drinking and I start going through Alan's stuff, like his bag and stuff that's in the closet in the guest room. Because that's what we do. Well, you know, I just, all of a sudden, my mm-hmm. mind is starting to work about don't trust that guy. Right. So I'm going through and I find a card from this police chief that he had been in contact with, even oh. after we had started dating again. What? Yeah. And I'm like, fuck. Then I find a room key for Vegas when he had gone to Vegas right before we broke up. And mm-hmm. the hotel that he stayed at was a nudist colony down in Vegas. And I'm like, God, man, this guy is just like, the more questions you ask, the more responses you get that you don't like. I'm drinking and I, and I drink and I wait up until he gets home. And you remember how the parking spaces are right out front of the house. Yeah. It's like 2.30. I look out the window and there's the truck parked out front. I'm like, that's got to be him. He'll be in any minute. And I sit and I wait and I wait and I wait and I look out there and he's still not coming in. So I go down to the garage The garage door didn't have a garage door opener on it. You just lift it up at that time. So I go outside. I walk up to the car and the driver of the car, his DD is not one of the two guys that was at the house earlier. It's one of those guys' boyfriend is leaning into the back seat, sucking on Abraham's dick. Shit. I'm intoxicated. I'm enraged now as I see my boyfriend getting a blowjob. Alan in his drunken stupor looks over and goes, oh shit. And then the driver lifts his head up, looks out the window and there's my face right in his. Oh, that so I'm like, terrifying for that guy. And I'm like, get out of the car, get out of the car. I'm pulling the door handle. He won't get out. And I'm glad he didn't. So I go around to the other side and I'm pulling on the door handles and I'm like, open up the truck. The guy will not. And I see him and Alan talking back and forth, like trying to figure out what to do because this isn't good. Probably the best thing they could have done was just to drive away. Yeah. It's like done. But no, they didn't. Like yeah. I was seriously seeing stars. I was so mad. 
I could totally and, relate to that. Yeah. So domestic violence is very real. I can totally relate to where people, if they get into like fights with like their wife cheating, their husband cheating, and people go crazy and you hear all this terrible shit and police officers, domestic violence is the worst situation to go into. I get it. Mm -hmm. Emotions are just flying. Yep. Not so, thinking straight. No, not at all. And I've never thought straight. I thought <laughs> gave my whole fucking life. So finally the door unlocks. I open up the door on the, the passenger side front. This guy's boyfriend, <laughs> while the guy is blowing my boyfriend, his boyfriend is passed out in the passenger seat. So his boyfriend falls completely on the ground, never wakes up. Oh, shit. I pick this guy up and I throw him back in and then I reach in the back seat and I grab Abraham and I... I help him out. All his buttons flew onto the ground. I don't know how that happened, but I was helping him out. Um, that is insane. I'm surprised you didn't kill him at that point. We go inside. We start arguing. And I'm really surprised that nobody called the police because we're going back and forth, more so me than him. But while we're going back and forth arguing, and I'm clearly got my heart broken, his phone starts ringing. I take the phone and I look at it and it's this guy that was just blowing him. And mm -hmm. I answered the phone like the guy said, hello, hello. I can't remember what I said, but I just was like, fucking stay away from my boyfriend, whatever. So him and I go back and forth and I tell him I'm throwing him out. He's going to get all his shit together. He's out tonight. That's it. It's over. And he had the nerve to fucking slap me right across the face. He did not. Then he did a cartwheel across the room. I don't know how that happened either. You know, it was pretty miraculous to watch that. Yeah. Uh, then while he packed up all of his stuff, all of his clothes into his bags, gathered all of his stuff. I don't have any place to stay. I don't have any place to go. And I'm like, then go to the fucking homeless shelter because that's where horrors stay. I was so fucking mad. I called everybody, even including my mother. And told the, everybody the same fucking story with him right there. Four o'clock in the morning, somebody came and picked him up. He drives away, and then I just start nailing the Long Islands. Turn off my phone and go to sleep. And then, like, the next day, who knows what time, you know, people are calling saying, hey, are you okay? Or, like, what's happening with you? And friends came over to check to say, hey, <sighs> are you all right? What's happening? And I was... Oh my God, I drank so much that night. It was really bad. And then the next night, Alan texts me or calls me. He's like, you know, I'm so sorry I hurt you, blah, blah, blah. And I take him back. Why did we do that? Like, I did that with somebody. Why do we do that, Mark? I don't know. I think, honestly, the reason that I did it was because the Halloween party the next week, I'd spent so much money on those fucking costumes. Yeah. And they were tailored for him. So I they were no tailored. Excuse. Well, don't ever do Batman and Robin. <laughs> don't do Batgirl do and Catwoman or whatever. Right. Whatever. What's the lesbian version of superheroes? I don't know. Poison Ivy and Catwoman or I don't know. Shit. I don't know, um, but it sounds hot. We get back together. We get through the next few days. He feels remorse or he portrays that he feels remorse. Like Friday night, he's scared to death of the Halloween party because everybody knows what he did. We took a shower together and he was crying that like people are going to judge him. Oh, poor baby. I know. And I'm like, no, they won't. You know, like we'll get through this. Like every relationship has setbacks and 
fuck it. <laughs> I don't know if, if like some of that cocaine slipped into my nose because I had to be fucking high. <laughs> that's all I had to say. Fuck. It's okay. But that's what we do sometimes with, you know, people that you're so in love with that uh, you just fucking make excuses for them. He's really sweet and really nice for Halloween. And then he cycles again and then he hates me again. By Thanksgiving, we break up again. But he's still living there. But he's going to be moving out. He's got to find a place to live. He decided we're broken up. We're done. Perfect. Just in time for the holidays to be broken up again. Great. Whatever. He was at work. He calls me. He says, hey, I'm going to be staying late at work. I don't know when I'm going to be home. He's doing this really aggressive thing. Like, I guess he'll be home whenever he wants to. You know, he knows that the car is tied to me and he can't just fucking take off. So he resents me for that, I'm sure. But I'm still letting him use the car, even though we're broken up. He's, you know, still working. It's a fall night, and I go out to my mailbox. This car pulls up. This person says, hey, are you Mark? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I don't know if you remember me. My name's Twink. We, oh. we met last June. Shut up. So he came back out of nowhere. He's like, I want to do a photo shoot, and I thought you might know how to do something like that. I'm like, well, come on in. He parks, and we go inside, <laughs> and we start talking, and he's telling me what he wants to do. And God, he looked cute as ever. You know, we end up upstairs. The next thing you know, we're both fucking naked, right? Uh-huh. So I'm like, God, the fucking lube is downstairs underneath the, the bathroom sink. So I run downstairs to get the lube, and I'm like, oh, I left the fucking garage door open. Let me go close it. I open up the garage door. And Alan is just pulled into the fucking garage. He's getting out of the car. I'm like, I slam the door. I'm like, fuck. I run back upstairs and I'm like, look, Twink, I'm so sorry. This is really bad timing. No. My, ex, my ex just showed up. He's like, oh, it's okay. So he gets dressed and I'm like, God damn, I got a really fucking hard cock right now. Fuck. I was so ready to fucking go to town. God damn it. He gets dressed. I pull myself together. I get composure. We go downstairs, and there's Alan standing in the kitchen. And here I am with this 20-year-old kid. Yes. Alan is looking at me like, what's this all about? This is the best part. I'm showing Twink out through the garage. Right behind me is Alan. As we cross the threshold into the garage, Twink turns to me and goes, oh, you said you were going to give me your work number? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give it to you out here. <laughs> Fuck. I take him out, give him a hug. Look, I'm sorry this is happening. He gets in his car. <laughs> he drives away. I go back inside. And Alan says, oh, Mark, you can do better than that. He is fucking livid. I bet he is. I fucking but bet he is. I told him, I said, no, don't start with me. You, we're broken up. We're not together. You told me we're not together. So don't start with me, Alan. Don't do it. I mean, he knew he was trapped. He's the one who called the shots and said it's over. But now he's mad because I'm moving on. Did you say so he owns his own car? That's why I was attracted to him. <laughs> his credit score was higher than 75. Fuck yeah. The twink drives away up until Christmas arguing blah 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 christmas eve he's super fucking nice he's great he's wonderful he's like where did you want to go to dinner and he's the best boyfriend ever in fact this is the thing that was really attractive about alan 
we sit down to exchange gifts. He gives me these gifts and I open up the gifts. The first one is a ceramic kitty cat sitting on top of a pumpkin. And it's a ceramic thing that's broken and there's still a DI tag on it. Are you I open fucking kidding me. <laughs> then I open up this other gift. It's a, like a 10-year-old camera with a DI sticker on it. And I'm sitting there and like seriously, my heart is breaking. And then I look up and he's fucking laughing and he's fucking with me like I fuck with him. And oh. then he goes out to his car and he brings in these really nice gifts. I have to give him credit in that regard, legitimate credit, because that really made me laugh because he was an equal for once fucking with me. And that was really, really amazing. That Christmas leading up to it was horrible. We went out to Chili's that night. We came back. I had given him some really nice gifts and he really loved me. And he said to me, he's like, you know, tonight, you know, in the bedroom, you do whatever you want to me. And not that I was going to do anything really weird, but it was just like you felt really loved. And it was amazing because I felt like he was a boyfriend. But I will tell you that on Christmas Day, he could not even look at me. He got his gifts. We had a great Christmas Eve. The next morning, he is so fucking wicked mean. We went to Denny's for breakfast. We went to a movie. And then we went to the uh, buffet at Little America. A very expensive buffet yeah. on Christmas. He like hardly ate anything at the buffet. And after we were done at the buffet, he said, uh, you know, I don't feel well. I think I'm, he he had like another place to go. Like that place that he stayed at the night that we broke up before the Halloween party. Uh-huh. He had put a bunch of his stuff at that house. He's like, I think I'm going to go. I don't feel very well. He hardly said anything to me that whole day. But that was that borderline personality disorder leading up and he's getting gifts and he's getting dinner. He's really nice. And then the next day it's over. So you've served your purpose. Be gone. I hate you. It's like a sociopath, you know, now that you're not giving him anything and whatever, he doesn't have any need for you. No, he was nice until his birthday. His birthday was in March. Again, he was really nice. And then after his birthday, once again, it was like a light switch. He was done with me. We met one last time in March. I remember I'd asked him, I said, look, I have not asked for a lot in this relationship. I'm going to ask you just for one thing. Please never contact me again. He abided by that. He never contacted me again. It was finally over. Wow. So do you know what's happened to this person? Somebody had reached out to me. A mutual friend that we used to hang out with reached out to me and asked if I had ever been in contact with him. And he had heard that Alan got killed in a car accident in Texas. And he wanted to know if that was true. If I knew, I do not know. I talked to him through messenger once in 2012 and he was living back in Texas. Mm-hmm. That was it. I don't, I don't know whatever happened to him. I, I really hope he got some therapy, but I had brought up, I confronted him. I said, look, I think you're a borderline personality disorder. And that was a label. And so he already had insecurity. So he was really pissed that I had said that. He said, that's absolutely not true, that he just sometimes has mood swings. That's like Charles Manson saying that, yeah, sometimes I'm moody. Wow. Yeah, people just were like, you're way too fucking nice for that guy. He's crazy. I'm sorry that took so long. That was a long one. But that was a really big deal for that time period, Barbie, that I learned so much. I think I was really naive to dating until I really dated Alan. He was bad, 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 bad. And he really fucked me up. And I really cared for him. We went to uh, the Anniversary Inn. 
mm-hmm. for my birthday. I had a free night because I had gone to a timeshare explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, oh, those are sound so much fun. Well, I got a free room at the anniversary inn, so I listened to their whole spiel and they sit you down. They're like, hey, uh, which package is good for you? And I said, I hate traveling. None of them. <laughs> They're like, what? And I'm like, no, I, I love my dogs and you can't take the dogs with you. And so I like spending time at home. I hate traveling. I absolutely hate it. I have like a phobia, which wasn't true, but it shut them down. That's like awesome. They didn't have some angle to go at me on. So, uh, so I got the, the room at the anniversary inn, and then I, of course, used it with him. And that night was really nice because he was getting stuff from me. But then the next day, it's like, wait, you're still here. Why are you here? And I'm like, oh, sorry. I thought we were partners. Ugh. So. Fucking horrible. Those are that's a hor- horrible experience. But I think like we all end up with somebody like that. It caused like damage for me. It made me have more trust issues than I already had. It took a long time for me to recover, and I would assume that it probably did for you. It did. I think that it was so hard the first time we broke up. Well, once he cheated and it made it a lot easier to say goodbye. Yeah. It was just such a roller coaster. I was still so much in love with him in April, May when we broke up. That was the problem. At that point, we'd never even like gone all the way with each other sexually. And so I was so attracted to him and still wanted to make love to him and be with him and have a partner and spend the rest of my life in hell with him. Once we got through that and then being around each other all the time, and I really got this, like, when we did break up, one thing I forgot to add was that when we did break up and I asked him, you know, to never contact me again, before I asked him that, I asked him how many times he had cheated. I knew the one time, and he admitted that he had cheated on me three other times that I was not aware of. Are you fucking kidding me? No. What a piece of shit. But again, it goes back to that borderline personality and it's the the promiscuous, unsafe sex is a big turn on for borderlines, you know, on top of the drugs and gambling, risky behavior. It's, it's big for those people. I hope he chokes on milk, (laughs) sour milk. God, I hope he gets sick from eating poop. Right. Damn. The footnote that's really sad for me on this thing is that I ended up selling those costumes because it just would remind me forever of him. Well, yeah. So I took a loss. I sold them on eBay. I made most of it back, but I probably lost like 500 bucks. Oh, well. Wow. Fucking horrible story. I'm glad you shared it. Yeah. You live and learn. Who's your first? I'm going to go back to a story that uh, when I was first starting out, it's a little lighter than yours. I just wanted to kind of share it. We're going to call her, because I'm still using these demonic names. (laughs) So... We're going to call her Griselle. Like, you can think of Gristle, and then you'll put yeah. it together when I tell you the story. But uh, so apparently, Griselle is like some, I don't know, I Googled it. Can't tell you what it is. It was when I was younger. So it was like in my early 20s. And it's not like when you come out that you come out with a book or something and they teach you everything you need to know about being gay, especially in Utah. So it's kind of like a struggle and, you know, you meet people and hopefully somehow you can network. And then as you're networking, you learn what to expect in lesbian relationships because I don't know. This was like probably like the 
third girl that I probably had been with or something like that. I was, like I said, probably eh, 22, 23-ish around there. And I was working as a driver for Papa John's on top of like some other job that I was working at. This girl was a manager at the time. You know, you end up spending a lot of time with them and there's downtime or whatever. And she ended up obviously being a lesbian. She was not masculine or... I guess her personality was more masculine. She still had the long hair and everything. And so it was a little different from what I had been dating because I've dated just the feminine women. We ended up flirting and playing grab ass around the fucking store or whatever. And then finally it just like happened and we were going to hook up and she's invites me to her house and everything and Ooh. I'm a, yeah no and I'm a little nervous cuz I'm still like kind of a newbie with the whole gay thing I end up going to her house and she's playing some music and it's probably some like you know 90s early 90s music I can't remember we finally get to the bedroom and this is where the things start to get weird because I had never been with somebody that's going to be kind of the dominant one. And so she's wanting to be the dominant one. And, and this was the first time that I've experienced a fucking dildo. So mm. she like whips it out. You know, she's like, yeah, you know, you're going to have some of my dick tonight. And I'm like, I don't, you know, I'm kind of freaked out a little bit because I'm not sure what's happening. Yeah, that sounds great. But yet, what the fuck is going on? Flinging that around and she starts to talk all dirty and everything and I was like okay now I can get into this we start like making out and so I'm gonna go to my comfort zone which is oral sex I start going down on her and Mark I got down put something in my mouth and I wasn't sure what the fuck it was because it was kind of big and I'm struggling at this point because it's like fleshy and it's like thick what the hell is is this pull back and it's like stretching like a piece of jerky it's kind of weird and i try to be calm and i go back down there again and same thing it's just it's, like it's part of her vagina it's part of her fucking vagina but it's huge and you know like i've only had a maybe one dick in my mouth to reference you know so i was like okay this isn't as big as a dick but it's pretty it's not like a tiny little fucking bean or anything, you know, or whatever. It's something that's big. Mark, I couldn't get over it. And this is a really bad dick move. I'll admit I was a dick back in the day. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Something's wrong with my stomach. It must have been something I ate. I'm going to go use bathroom <sighs> real quick. And so, like, I got up and I fucking went to the bathroom, washed my hands and everything. And then I went and I left because I didn't know what the fuck was happening. <laughs> Did you say goodbye before you, or did you just walk out of the bathroom, go to the front door and leave? Mark, I walked out of the fucking bathroom. I left. What did she say? And I did say? a no show the next day. So I quit that job because I didn't want to deal with the confrontation of explaining. I don't know what that fucking thing was. You weren't <laughs> curious to go back and give it one more try to just so you could have closure? No, I don't know what that was at the time. It was like if she what? had a belt on, I would say it was part of the belt. You know, that flippy stuff that you can't put down there. This fucking thing. And they need to teach that that is normal, that there are some women I'm... that have clits that are so fucking big that they're going to get caught in a zipper when you zip your pants up. Because that's what it was. And I didn't know until much later on in life. So she just had a very, like, plastic man. It stretched out. 
life. Like I said, it was very long because you're going down there and you're just thinking that there's going to be a little hood and then under the hood, there's going to be like a fucking little clit or something. But God, you, you know, know, I'm a gay man. I guess I'm going to have to Google what a vagina looks like because I'm I'm trying to like when you say hood, is that like a, a like a skin flap? Like when yeah. you say a hood, I think of a hood of a car. That's too big, of course. But not um, for her just horrible well i've always said that i could never like be straight because the vagina to me looks like the exit wound of a shotgun blast i mean it's just it like does. folds of skin and you know you wash away all the blood and there it is there's the the shotgun blast yep. yeah pretty much what it, what it looks like and i'm not sure what this looked like because it was in the dark thank god it was in the dark because why didn't I you just saw, turn on the light why didn't you just turn on the light because i probably would have grabbed my like shoe and smashed it thinking it was like a fucking <laughs> do, you re- do, you re- do you remember return of the jedi the sarlacc pit <laughs> yes that long thing that came out and yes. grabbed lando calrissian's ankle and tried to pull him in Yes. Like, were you afraid if you turn on the lights, you'd see teeth? Yes, and that's exactly <laughs> what I fucking thought it would. It like terrified me, <laughs> and I fucking had to quit the job. It wasn't four days later that I was sitting at home, and all of a sudden, here comes a fucking brick through my window <gasps> of my house. Yeah, so you know, and I had it coming back then. Like I said, I was an what? asshole. Yes, it sounds to me. <laughs> Like the girl, the girl you ditched in Vegas finally made it back up to Salt Lake City. No, this was probably the first one that I really did a dick move on. No, I can't even say that. Maybe she's the third one I did a dick move on. Barbie, did you ever see this woman again? No. Oh, no, uh, I did. Oh, my God. Yes, I did. And it's hilarious because it's while I'm in Colorado. I go up. What? And I guess. I go up to the Costco up here. And you went to go get a slice of pizza? (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm going through here. I got all my stuff. This girl looks really familiar to me. Why does she look familiar? And I couldn't figure it out. And I looked at her pants to see if it was the same one. No, thank God. But she did almost smash it in the register when she closed the drawer. Because it was so fucking big. No. She counts out age with it. Uh, pretty much five six seven i looked at her name tag and i was like oh my fucking god i was like what are the odds of this happening and i just i wear ball cap my hair short now so i'm praying to god that she doesn't know me and i just kind of pull my ball cap down and of course i pay with a card so i'm pretty sure she looked at my name i mean how many barbies do you know and how many barbies has she slept with and I was just like, just go. She didn't say anything to me, thank God. But I got home, I told my wife. I was like, oh my God. Told my wife the story and she told me I was an asshole. <laughs> did So did she make eye contact? You never even looked her in the eye once you oh, got your card back? Once I read her name tag and then put the two together, I was just like, oh my God. I pulled my hat down. I didn't make eye contact. I wanted out of there as fast as I could. I wasn't, you know, like, oh. Hey, how are you doing? You know, how's that thing between your legs? No, I didn't want to even discuss it. How's your penis? Right? (laughs) I think if it was a penis, it would be less threatening. You know, and I feel like that maybe nowadays people are getting a little more educated and I feel like I'm body shaming this person. I just didn't know what to expect. Look at my vagina, my vagina, you know, small hood, small clit, it's normal, you know, you look at others, small hood, small clit, it's normal, and then you got something on this, you know, I didn't know until I was 
older and started looking at like porn and then realized, oh, this is a thing. I get it. Sorry. Yeah. That was just one of my experiences that I wanted to share with you. That's my favorite story so far. I love it. Oh, you know, the more that we go back on this, I'm starting to think of, I was a dick. You were young. We're all dicks at 22, Barbie. That's true. I've made mistakes I'm not proud of. It wasn't tugging on a clit the size of a gigantic cock, but. I don't know. You guys could have docked with that, I think. (laughs) Did it have foreskin on it? It probably did. You were tugging on that foreskin. Oh, God. Well, okay, the next person I've got is after the final breakup with Alan, I had gone out on a date with this guy named Domino. He had really, really nice teeth. He was Latino, so he had beautiful skin, great white teeth. We'd gotten together at the trap door Thursday night, and so I'm in there, and it's pretty crowded. I'm shocked because it's Thursday night. I'm like, I can't believe this many people go out on a Thursday. I'm talking to him, and his attention span is really short. And it's like, we'll be talking about kind of just like superficial shit. And then he has to go to the bathroom and then he comes back and he's like, Hey, I think I'm going to order a drink. Okay. It's like, Hey, do you want to go to the dance floor? It's like a little kid. You can't get him to sit down and like talk for a minute. And so this is going on and on and on. I'm like, I don't know. I need to get out of here with this guy if I'm going to learn anything. So we finally reach a point where he's like, Hey, do you want to get out of here? And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We go out to my car and he brings this other guy that's his friend. He's like, hey, this is my friend Bob or whatever. I'm like, okay, uh, how are you doing, Bob? He's like, do you mind if he comes with us? I'm like, sure, okay. <laughs> Weird, because I thought we were on a date. Yeah. So Bob goes with him and I, and we drive from the trap door out the 201 to Bacchus out to my house. As we're driving out there to my house, he has brought his own CDs because he wants to listen to Britney Spears. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm Britney, bitch. So he puts the CD in and he turns the volume all the fucking way up, Barbie. Like the speakers are cracking. And he's like, don't you love to hear this song? Or don't you love Britney? And I'm like, yeah, but do you need to turn it all the way up? What? Do you need to turn it all the way fucking up? Like so my speakers are getting blown. I can't hear you. Well, because it's too fucking loud. So this is back and forth all the way out to my house. And I'm like, I don't know how this guy's not deaf. So we get back to my house. We go inside and he meets the dogs and I'm showing him like the props and stuff. And, and I haven't been in the house that long. And, you know, it's like been less than a year. We have a few drinks and he keeps having to go to the bathroom. And he's drinking water like I've never seen a person drink water before. He's taking like a whole glass and he's like drinking it down. He's like, I really got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, yeah, I guess so. Him and his buddy. And so I had those porn books on my coffee table from Bellamy, those Uh black and white picture books. So these guys are just fascinated by those books. It's like the first time they've ever seen a nude male. So they're looking through these pictures and they're just absolutely obsessed and here are all these movie props and they don't give a shit about any of it. And I show them a couple of videos that I've done and they're not really into the videos. They're not really. And they're like, well, where's your bedroom? And I'm like, it's upstairs. So we go upstairs and I show them the bedroom and stuff. And this one guy, Domino, he gets on my bed. He's like, so you really like my teeth, huh? And I'm like, yeah, no, you've got really nice teeth. He's like, what do you think of my chest? He starts lifting up his shirt. His friend's right there, too. And his friend's just kind of like looking at me and looking at him. And I'm like, what is, I don't, I just don't understand what's going on here. Like, it's a threesome, <laughs> Mark. 
Well, I'm not on board with it. I don't even know the guy. I know I'm showing my age. Like, I don't know. I'm, I don't fit in well with a lot of the gay community. So these guys, they're just acting. There's something off about the whole thing. I basically reached my fill, Barbie. Hey, look, it's getting late. You know, you guys probably want to get back to Salt Lake City. So they're like, oh, uh, we can hang out here. And I'm like, no, I'll get you guys back. We all get back into my car and we're driving back. Domino says to me, he's like, okay, well, you can drop him off, but then I want to go back to your place. And I'm like, what in the fuck is wrong with this dude? So we go back, we drop off of his friend. His friend gets out of the car, pulls his dick out and starts pissing right there on the whatever south that is right there by the club. Like he doesn't even go to the bathroom. He just, he steps out, pulls his dick out and just starts peeing and peeing and peeing. It's like a fucking farm animal. And I'm like, whoa, man, like, aren't you going to find a tree or something? Wow. And Domino gets back in the car and I guess he didn't have a car there. I guess his buddy drove him to Salt Lake City because he lives somewhere south right off of I-15. He's like, hey, I really need some water. I'm really thirsty. I'm really thirsty. I'm like, God, what is it with this guy in water? So we drive over to a gas station. He gets like this big thing of water and he just starts drinking it. I'm like, look, I think the night's over. Where do you live? Where can I drive you? And then he gets mad and he's like, take me to 7200 South. I get on I-15 and <laughs> as we start driving, I had an old empty big gulp cup in the console of the car. He finished that bottle of water. And he's like, God, I'm still really thirsty. And he takes the big gulp cup that's been sitting in the car for like a week. And like when your ice melts and it just has uh-huh. all this old stagnant water. And sometimes when you chew gum and you take gum out and you throw it in your big gulp cup that's in the console, because you're going to throw the whole thing away sooner or later. Uh-huh. Well, he saw the big gulp cup and he was really thirsty. So he takes it. And I didn't even know he did this, but he drinks the whole thing. And I forgot about that piece of gum in the bottom. Well, I look over and he's chewing gum now. Oh, no. So he he found it in the bottom of that cup. And I didn't have the heart to tell him, like, oh, my God. Like, that's my old chewed gum that's been in there a week. But he's enjoying it now. So I'm sure he's put worse now, things in his mouth. Well, he wanted to put a lot of things in his mouth that night. Obviously. Yeah, I wasn't seeing it. So we're driving south on I-15. Barbie, I look over and his eyes are going back and forth. Like he can't fixate his eyes on anything. They're shuffling back and forth. And he's talking to himself like up into the air. I said, hey, man, what are you on? He goes, what are you talking about? I'm like, you're acting really weird. What are you on? And that's when he tells me after I continued to push and push that he dropped ecstasy. He took a tablet of ecstasy at my house. Oh, that's why he's got to drink the water and drink the water and drink the water and drink the water and piss and piss and piss because he's fucking high. Uh, Him and his buddy are both fucking high. That's so crazy. So I'm driving around with these two fucking guys that are high and I work at the prison and I'm like, oh, you motherfucker. I'm like, are you going to fucking overdose or like what's going to happen with you? He's like, I'll be fine. And he gets a total attitude once I call him out on the fact that he's fucking high and i'm mad so i drive him to 7200 south i take him to his place he's like okay i'll call you tomorrow and i'm like are you gonna be okay do i need to take you to the hospital like are you gonna be all right like am i gonna get a call tomorrow because the police have figured out you and i were together tonight and you're using fucking drugs he's like i'll be fine i'll be fine i'll call you tomorrow and i'm like you can call me i don't give a fuck but i'm not answering i'm blocking you because you use drugs that's not my fucking thing 
the following summer was Pride, and I had met this really nice guy named Rob. And Rob and I hung out while he was visiting Salt Lake, but he actually flew back and we went and saw Bruno together. I had told him the story of this guy, Domino, and we were at the food court in Salt Lake City at the Gateway. Okay. And I was telling the whole story about Domino and that he was using ecstasy and this happened. No shit. Ten minutes later, I look up and who's walking by? It's Domino. You threw it out in the universe. Domino walks by. He looks at me and immediately looks at who I'm with. Robert looked over his shoulder, looked at him, and they made eye contact. And then Robert, you know, looks back at his food or whatever, and then he looks up at me. And then once Domino was gone, I'm like, you're not going to believe it. I just told you that story. That's the guy. He's like, what? Oh, my hell. That's hilarious. Yeah. Oh, that is hilarious. It was very stressful when you're like navigating this whole game of dating people because so much of the gay community is into drugs. Mm -hmm. When you work in the field that we were working in, Barbie, it is fucking dangerous. Any one of these people can destroy our career. Exactly. And the drug thing, a lot more of society is doing drugs than we know. And yeah. we live in our little world of, you know, we know how bad it can fuck up your career. People don't understand. It's like, okay, we live the straight and narrow and we have to be in the straight and narrow. If we get a DUI, it's done. It's over. We get decertified yep. from the state and we're going to lose our retirement until we reach a certain age. Then we can collect a partial retirement. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're vested, if we've been there long enough, as you're getting closer and closer to that 20 year mark, it's changed now. I think it's 25 or something. When I was there, it was 20 years. That last few years, so many people have lost the retirement because they got a DUI or they made a mistake or you hang out with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You get pulled over, you know, something is off or something doesn't add up and they want to search your car. You say no. And then they bring in a dog and a dog hits because your passenger has a drug on them or some random bullshit like that. Your life is over. They're going to assume yep. you fucking knew and you're part of it, whether you test dirty or not. Exactly. Cover your ass when you're dating anyone. It's horrible. Who's it next is. on your list? Um, I think because we talked about being paranoid and having to cover your ass and stuff, we're going to talk about Lillen is her name. Is that a demon name? Yes, Lillen? it is. It's Hebrew. <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's something referred to as a night spirit, but yes. You've done your research. I'm just proud a little, of you. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, this individual, I'm pretty sure that you know. We started dating, and I was young back. It was before I started working at the prison that we started dating. Uh, I met through like a friend, was a friend of a friend or something, and we ended up dating. And I, I really liked her. We dated for, I was going to say, for a really long time, but God, my memory, it gets so bad. I, it could have been only <laughs> like a couple of years. I don't know. I'm going to say it was probably more than three years. Yes. The reason why I know is because I haven't had a relationship until my wife that's over four years. It was something like that. Congratulations um, on your current marriage. I know, I know. And the longest that I've been out with somebody that I haven't ran from. So it's good. Anybody that's met your wife, she's awesome. Lexi's she, awesome. She is. Everybody loves her. She's yep. just a good person. And it's really nice. I've been through a lot of shit in order to find her. So that's awesome. Hey, she doesn't eat meth. That's nice. Yeah. You know, and that's a plus. <laughs> she has all her teeth. 
and <laughs> you know she's she's amazing she can hold a conversation she doesn't like scrub out the country croc logo off <laughs> use it for something that she never does so she's amazing oh. uh, yeah but uh this girl she was awesome um like i said i met her through a friend of a friend and we ended up having a relationship for a few years we move in together and as you move in together, that's where, you know, you kind of find out if you really can tolerate one another when you find out all the little quirks and everything. Um, that's where I kind of discovered that she had a little bit of a drinking problem. When I say drinking problem, it's like a 12 pack a night. Um, oh. I think at one breakup point that we had, she ended up going to the hospital because she took a bunch of aspirin followed by like vodka or something. So, so and they're like, yeah, you got a little bit of a drinking problem. But it was an issue for me because every night she'd work a couple of hours, come home and then she would drink. And I'd be like, I think we need to talk about this drinking problem that you have. And she's like, I don't have a problem. And I'm like, well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. Anytime that I would talk to her about it, she would always point out that it's because I work in law enforcement. I'm paranoid. I don't understand it. I was like, oh, I was like, I understand having a couple of beers. That's fine. But you're doing a 12 pack. I was like, that's a problem. And so she would get mad and say that I was judging her or whatever. We ended up just getting to a point where it was just so dark and I just resented her because I offered her solutions. Let's go to counseling. Let's do this. You know, you need to see somebody, whatever. And I just never you know, she didn't want to take care of herself. She just was in denial, which obviously is part of that 12-step program that they talk about. I decided that I didn't want to be with her anymore. I wanted to break it off. I'll be honest, there was somebody that I was interested in and that I wanted to talk to them and start maybe pursuing a relationship with this other person or kind of see where it goes. Because right now I feel like I'm in a dead end with the relationship that I'm at. I tried to, you know, do everything that I can to kind of help this person and they're refusing. We decided to break up, or I decided, I guess I should say that, I decided to break <laughs> up. She loses her fucking shit because we're breaking up. And it was one of those ugly breakups where they just become so angry. And I was like, you know, this is going to be better for us. I, you know, you need to take care of you. You need to figure out what's going on with you. I've got to continue doing what I'm doing. I remember working the next day and all of a sudden I'm getting phone calls. Control's calling me in there to go and get these phone calls. Well, I would go and I'll pick up the phone. I'm talking to her. She had called and wanted to talk to me. She's drunk. So at this point, oh. she starts telling me that she's going to kill me, that she's going to come down to the prison and she's going to kill me. And so I'd hang up and she'd call back. Control was talking to her. They're making threats to Control about she's going to come and kill me. So now it's starting to involve everybody because everybody's like, this bitch is crazy. And I'm like, I know it. she's fucking crazy. <laughs> I'm and, trying to break up with her. Right? And so, like you said, we have to cover our ass and we got to figure out what we're doing. And so I'm trying to figure out what the fuck is going to happen. And so I ended up contacting uh, our captain at the time. And I don't think you knew him. Anytime he would talk, he would always say, um... And that might ring a bell to you. Um, um, all the time. That doesn't ring a bell. I want to okay, hear that. Yeah. So I end up telling him, I'm like, hey, I just broke up with my girlfriend. She's batshit crazy right now. She's drunk. She's calling work and everything and threatening to kill me. And he's like, oof. He's like, yeah, I think we need to contact the warden about this. So here I am. I'm having to contact oh, the warden God. and tell him about the situation. 
And I'm like, yeah, so my girlfriend and I have, you know, just broken up and trying to get out of this relationship. She's threatened my life several times. And, you know, she's talked to other people here and threatened to kill me. And he's like, well, you know, have you guys had any domestic issues? Have you hit her? Have you done anything? I was like, no, you know, we haven't, I haven't done anything. I'm just making sure that I cover my ass so that I continue to have a job, let you know every single step of the way so I don't get screwed. And he's like, okay. He's like, thanks for letting me know. He's like, but I need you to call the police and I need you to make a report. All right. You know, I'll do whatever. Call and hey, you know, I I just need to talk to somebody. I've got breaking up my girlfriend and she's kind of a little batshit crazy right now. And she keeps calling and she's threatening my life. And so I explained the situation and she's a really nice officer. She's like, okay. She's like, you know, I'll take down all this information and then I'll give her a call and we'll see uh, what she says and, and everything. <laughs> and I was like, great. And so oh, she boy. ends up hanging up with me. She ends up calling and talking to her. She asked her, you know, hey, I've got this report that you've been making these calls to the prison and threatening to kill her. And she's like, yep, I sure did. And if she fucking steps out of there, I'm going to kill her. Then hangs uh. up. The officer ends up calling me back and she's like, so I'm a little nervous that this person may actually kill you. She's like, I called her and she admitted that she wants to kill you and that if she sees you, she's going to kill you. And so I'm like, oh, that's that's awesome. So she's like, you need to be vigilant and aware. After a few days, I don't know, maybe three days, it's the weekend that she's probably going to calm down and at least be able to somewhat talk to you on a normal, you know, maybe a rational type of level that she may have now, you know, reaching that, yeah, this is probably a good idea. We should create some space and maybe we can come back to this or something. I don't know why, but I thought that it would be a great idea to take control of the situation and move all her stuff out into the garage so that she doesn't have to come into the house. And then she could just come and get everything from the garage. Sounds reasonable, right? So, yeah. Well, it doesn't sound reasonable to batshit crazy because now what you've done is you've moved everything from her home, taken control and put it into the garage. So she comes up. She's fucking pissed and just starts screaming at me. And I'm like, let me just help you get your stuff in the fucking car and we'll go get everything. We'll load up her friends there. She's like, I want to make sure that you're not keeping anything in mind. And I was like, I, you know, you know me better than that. I'm not going to keep anything of yours. I don't need any of your fucking garbage. Right. And that's pretty much what it was. She's like, <laughs> nope. She's like, I want to go and check it out. So I'm thinking, all right, just get this fucking bitch through the house. You'll be done. This is all you got to do. And so I'm like, fine, let's go check it out. And I go down and I'm having to go down the steps because we lived in this like basement apartment at the time. As I'm going down the steps, all I can remember is the academy saying, never let anybody be behind you because (laughs) you don't know what the fuck you're going to do, what they're going to hit you or something, right? Uh So I open the door. And I kind of go over and I'm looking at my mail on the stove and she goes and she does her little once through and she's checking room to room to make sure that she didn't leave anything or whatever. And I'm feeling awkward. We're breaking up and I didn't make eye contact with her. And all of a sudden, boom, she hits me over the back of the head with something or the side of the head with something. I don't even know what it was to this day. Fucking drops me to my knee. I see her running up the stairs. And if I could have fucking got up fast enough, I would have probably beat the shit out of her. But it had hit me on the side of the head and knocked me down. My temper's flaring. I just go shut the door. 
and then I call and have paramedics come. She had hit me on the side of the head with something that, you know, how head wounds are anyways. So there's like blood everywhere. And I knew it was oh. a little head wound. So I wasn't freaking out. But when I called 911, they're like, do you want to send EMS? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. So the officer comes and he opens the door and he sees there's all this blood from, you know, the head wound and me trying to clean up and everything and ends up calling crime scene to have take pictures and shit. Fuck, she ends up getting arrested. She gets As thrown, she should. Yeah, she gets thrown in jail. She's on probation for like terroristic threats, domestic violence, shit, assault, whatever has to go through all these classes and everything. It's crazy because I'm still kind of friends with her. We still were able to talk. But the only reason why is because we had dogs together and I thought that we should still have some friendship. But I'll give her credit, though, because after me, she ended up meeting somebody else that was better for her, I think. Another alcoholic? No, but somebody that... (laughs) temperament is down to where she doesn't get excited or anything doesn't drink much (laughs) she actually went and she got like some help she's been sober i don't know how many years now but doesn't drink you know we're not like friends i don't communicate with her all the time i can't even remember the last time i talked to her it's probably like five years ago or six years ago it's just and you're still friends with her to this day yeah, I mean, if I was to text her or something, it, you know, it's not like, hey, how are you? I'm in Salt Lake. Do you guys want to have some dinner or whatever? I would watch their dogs occasionally while they went out of town. But uh, while she was in jail for beating her current girlfriend? <laughs> no, I hope she hasn't <laughs> beat her current girlfriend. God. You know, I got to tell you, alcohol really seems to get a lot of people in trouble. And I know for years and years and years, I became alcohol dependent. But I don't know if I've told you this, but I. I'm actually sober. I'm I've given it up, Barbie. I'm actually alcohol free. That is fucking fantastic. Fuck it's me. a big step. It's it's already been six hours. It's excellent. I'm so proud of you. God, remember when you could only do it for 20 minutes? You've progressed so much in your life. I you know, there's always hope. Yes. There is. But I feel like she stepped up and she finally realized it. But yes, she did stupid shit when she was no. drunk. Uh, like God, <laughs> like punching you in the side of the head. That's Fuck. not very nice. That's not no, very nice at all. It wasn't. It wasn't nice at all. I mean, I couldn't hear for <laughs> yeah. a long time. <laughs> well, at least when uh, Alan slapped me, it was just an open hand slap. And when he did it, when he slapped me, I said, you hit like a bitch. <laughs> and then I helped him with his cartwheel across the room. That is brilliant. He I'm... was an amazing gymnast. He just didn't know yet. No, he didn't. But boy, I he helped could... him. Yeah. That cartwheel was amazing. And he could it was seriously the wall. Literally. 10 out of 10. Beautiful. I have a lot of breakup stories. They're horrible. Well, let me tell you about one individual, and I'm going to call him Dodo. <laughs> because his real name is very unique. I'd love to say his real name. I was at the club in Salt Lake City, and I was with our mutual friend, Jose. And this was a friend of Jose's. This other person also worked at the airline and I was out there on the dance floor with these two guys and, and I had talked to Jose. I'm like, God, your friend is really cute. And he's like, yeah, you like him? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. So he did what he could to put in a good word for me. And at the end of the night, Dodo and I were hitting it off. It was pretty good. I can't remember the exact details because this isn't a really long story, but I just know that I had gone home and we were texting each other back and forth and that's what happens. He's like, you should come over and pick me up. 
So I drove from West Jordan over to where he lived, picked him up, and then we went back to my place. This is one of those guys, Barbie, and we've all had them, right? If you're fortunate, you're not one of those people that we've all had them. I've definitely run into my fair share. And that's the guy that goes out to the club. You end up hooking up with the person. They're fun. They're cute. They're attractive. And all they want to do is talk about their ex. Because mm, they're still hung up on them. God damn. So we're back at my place and like we're in the process of getting naked. And he just keeps talking about Mike. Mike this and Mike that. And Mike had this. And we got along so well. It's like, what the fuck, man? This is such a downer. Like, and it's so, not hard. <laughs> it's not helping that you keep talking about Mike and not Mark. Right. Needless to say, it was not a very fun night. It was all about Mike. It was more a therapy session. The next day, I brought him back home and I, we probably texted a few more times. And then I guess he got fired from his job at the airline. I don't know what he did. And years later, I had looked him up randomly on Facebook and I found him like, oh, there's Dodo. I like messaged him and I'm like, Hey, how are you? Just, you know, wanted to say hi and Hey, how are you? And blah, blah, blah. And he starts this big conversation. How have you been doing? Where are you at? Blah, blah, blah. We should get together. And he was living in another state at this time, but he's like, we, you know, we really should get married. What? And I'm like, what? He like seriously was suggesting that we get married. I don't know if it was a citizenship thing. I was going to ask. I don't know. I was not about getting married to somebody that wanted to talk about Mike rather than having sex. So I don't know whatever happened to Dodo, but that was the last time I talked to him. And I'd asked Jose about him. He's like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that guy. But he got walked out of the airport. He got fired and from his, uh, his job as an airline steward and walked out of the airport. So I wonder what happened. I don't know. That's all I've got for Dodo. Who's your next person? Huh. I think we're going to go with Yusha. There we go. <laughs> we don't know if that's how it's pronounced, but, you know, we're going to go with Yusha. Yusha. So, Mark, I don't know if you've experienced this or not, but have you ever had the date that would not leave? No, they all want to get the fuck out pretty quick with me, Barbie. Okay. I dated the, this one girl that uh, we went on a, like a first date and she never left. And I think this is where I get like the, for the longest time after this, you know, anytime somebody like talked about like getting too serious or wanting to move in, I was like, nope, 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 mm -mm, absolutely not. This is why is this person, you know, and this was the one that I was telling you about that I was kind of interested in. And, you know, I wanted to see where this was going because, you know, my last relationship, she obviously hit me over the head and it was an alcoholic. <laughs> But I just wanted to kind of date this person and see how maybe this thing would go. But we ended up going like on a date and usually first dates. Yeah. So you sleep with them and you know, that's kind of how it would go. And then they would leave the next day. She mm -hmm. didn't leave Mark. She, she ended up staying there and she wouldn't fucking leave. And then the next thing I know, she's like bringing her stuff in. And, and, <gasps> and I don't know why at this point that I didn't say, bitch, what you doing? You're moving too fast. I think maybe I was still confused about what had happened. I'm going to blame the concussion that I got from whatever <laughs> she hit me with. And that's why that I didn't stop this. But she like moves all her shit in. She's not even gay. She's I'm the first woman that she's been with. And those always kind of freaked me out anyways. Was but she on parole? No, she actually worked for an agency. Wait, so, wait a minute. Wait, what, what, what's an agency? Um, she worked for a forensic agency. 
Oh, okay. So she was in law enforcement, but she never left. We were having issues because one, she would constantly ask me what I'm doing. So when I tell you she would ask me what I'm doing, that would mean that she would ask me, why did you turn that light out? Why are you drinking that water? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? To the point to where it fucking annoyed the shit out of me. And then I would get snappy with her. How old was she? Three? Pretty much. Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yes. You know, and until I dated somebody that had kids, I didn't understand this. But then she obviously, (laughs) she had a fucking issue and would ask why all the time. She also had like a, I think, how old was she? She had to have been like 14 or 13 or something. Daughter who ended up moving in with us as well. What? um, Yeah, right? Are you serious? I'm serious. I have an instant family right now. I just got out of a fucking relationship. So I know I'm stable, right? So had, were... had they had the doctor even taken the stitches out of the side of your head yet? Fuck no, they're still there. <laughs> so, anyways, we go from fucking first date to instant family. She's wanting to take pictures and professional pictures of our instant family. Well, for and the Christmas cards. Fuck right. It was just a little a little too much, and then she starts asking those questions and it just kind of gnawed on me a little bit and I'd get like a little bitchy and I'm like why do you gotta ask me if I'm drinking water you should know that I'm fucking thirsty I was like I think we need to talk to somebody because I can't handle this and we actually went and like tried to talk to somebody about our issues and we only went a couple of times because of the doctors just kind of looking at me like bitch you need to run I knew it she's (sighs) a clinger yes she was a clinger But it introduced me to having to deal with a child that's a teenager that's 13 and the way that she would handle her child and how I would handle my child if I had a child are completely different. Was her daughter calling you mom yet? Fuck no. I would (laughs) have thrown them both out at that point. (laughs) No. But, you know, cell phones were kind of, I mean, they still are. And you're like, you can get porn everywhere. And of course, what do you do? You send whoever you're looking at, just like adults do, dick pics and pictures of your fucking cooter and everything else. (laughs) Well, I've never seen a cooter pic. Yeah. It's like a shotgun blast. So, uh, exit wound of a shotgun. Make sure you say exit wound because the, the entry wound is actually kind of nice. Kind of clean. A little tight little hole, like something else I'm familiar with. Yeah. This wasn't tight. So (laughs) she ended up sending this kid some, pictures of her junk and stuff well i'm pissed because i'm like no you don't do that of course you know being in prison that is the only type of parenting that i've ever had so i'm like your privileges are going to be taken away so you take away this and this and this and this and then you know you'll earn your privileges back so if you have good behavior you're going to earn your cell phone back that's kind of where we went with that it wasn't too long after she started sending these pics that she met somebody else. Now, this kid is 18 or 19, and she's still like 13, and her mom's okay with it. I'm not okay with it. And they came and picked me up at the prison one day, and he happened to be in there. I kind of was like, here, I'm going to give you a tour of where you're going to be in a few years. Do you know why? I was like, you see those guys out there with their little white uniforms and everything? I was like, they touched minors. They touched people inappropriately. They were younger than them by as many years as you are with this girl. I kind of terrified him. He didn't date her after that. You scared the shit out of him. Pretty much. She was one of those girls. 
I really hate to say this, and it's going to be a dick comment. And I apologize about this dick comment and hope I don't offend anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a very sensitive audience, Barbie. But she was one of those girls that needed makeup. All I knew was her with makeup. And then when she moved in, the next day I saw her without it. And it was actually kind of terrifying. I Aww. like was horrified and would be like, yeah, so we're going to go out tonight. You're going to put some makeup on? I was just a total asshole at that time. <laughs> How but, old were you at this point? God, I had to been 38-ish. So maybe okay. I was as young as I thought. And you have a daughter at this point. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, it's just awesome. It was just great. <laughs> at this point in the relationship, we had been dating for, I don't know, maybe six months or something. And I'm miserable already. You moved really fast with yeah. her moving in. Well, that's a typical fucking lesbian shit. They get the U-Haul, <sighs> they move in, they never leave. I had to figure out how I was going to get out of this and if I was going to get out of it because I wasn't 100% sure because I was like, maybe it's just me. I remember that we were in bed and we were watching The Boy in Striped Pajamas. Have you ever seen that movie? I've never seen it. No. I need you to watch that movie. You know, anything with history is fascinating. I love it. And so this is like kind of a based off of events or whatever. And we're watching this show and it's about, if you haven't watched it, it's about this kid that's in a concentration camp that befriends a kid from, I don't know, his dad was like a high up in the Nazi regime or something. Ooh. But these two kids end up being friends and everything. And there's a part of the show that shows where all the Jews are lined up and they're pushed into the train and then they're taken out and burned. It's a really traumatic storyline. And I bawled through oh, this whole, sounds horrible. you know, yeah, but it is a good movie. But I remember her looking at me and she's bawling, of course, because I'm bawling because it's sad. And she's like, did that really happen? And I was like, what do you mean? Did it really happen? I was like, the Holocaust? And she's like, yeah, was that a real thing? And at that point, Mark, I, oh boy. I was like, I know you went to high school. I had to have known about this. And I was just so shocked. Who am I dating that doesn't know right. a, a little bit about, you know, common history? I mean, this is something that everybody talks about in school. Oh, it's, and it's horrible. It's a horrible part of history. Yeah, it's a horrible part, but you need to know about it. Absolutely. And yeah, and she didn't know. So at this point, that was just another check mark on that list of, okay, maybe we're going to have to have to break up at this point. So maybe we don't connect on that whole history check mark box. Maybe right. we don't connect. Have you ever been to the Holocaust Museum in Washington, D.C.? No, but I want to go. Uh, it's very sad. It's very sad. You know, everything about it is is sad. And yeah, I think people need to be educated on it so it doesn't just go away. It's unbelievable that that happened. So Yeah. I guess the final straw that broke the camel's back is that we had to go to training together because she worked at this place that I was actually interning at. And that's kind of how we would see each other a lot and we got to know each other. But there was a training that was happening in Vegas and so all these agencies were coming down and they were going to the forensics training down there. I got to go along. I was <laughs> a cool intern and stuff. I think we shared a room with another person, if I remember correctly. It's kind of blurry because I was drunk a lot. But we ended up going downtown. And so what's that street? It's not the Strip. Is it Fremont Street? Yeah, there's Fremont. Yeah, the old part. Yep, Fremont. Yep. I ended up getting one of these big slushy footballs. And I remember the lady 
asking me if I would like extra alcohol. Well, coming from Utah, I'm like, fuck yeah. She put so much alcohol in this like football and I'm drinking it. She must've put the whole bottle in there because I'm shit faced at this point. I'm drunk. You know, there's like a couple of friends that we all were hanging together. And one of the, the guy friends, Jackson, I was like, hey, do you want to go over to the titty bar that's right there, Frontier, whatever it was? No, Golden Gulch, I think is what it was. I definitely don't know. Mark, why don't you know? <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> so, you know, you say titty, I say I'm out. So he's like, yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. And then, uh, you know, my girlfriend's with some other people. And I told her, I was like, yeah, me and Jackson are going to just go down the, the street here and we're going to run into the titty bar really quick. And she's like, oh, great. I'll grab these guys and we'll meet you there. Like, cool. Everything's great. Go in there. And so Jackson and I decide that we're going to sit down at the stage. And so we're sitting there. My girlfriend at the time comes in with friends and they sit in the little booth behind us. I don't know if you know this, Mark, being a gay man or not, but when you go to a strip club, they love lesbians. One, lesbians aren't really as gross as men. Yeah. Maybe some are. They tip well. And so they enjoy that. So I sit down, I got my ones and everything, and the stripper comes over to me. This is different from Utah because one, there's not a fucking bar around them. They can actually come and touch you. So I was really shocked when she was just like, hey, stand up for a second. So I stand up and she comes over and she gives me a little kiss and a bite on my neck. Ooh. And you know, I'm trashed. So of course I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Feels good here. Throw some ones. Yeah, yeah. I know that this is just the stripper and it's not anything and it's just how she makes her money, right? Absolutely. Flirting. Yep, flirting. So I'm shit-faced drunk. I go into the bathroom and I'm peeing and then I hear a door open, barely get my pants back on, whatever, walk out. And right there is my girlfriend. I can't believe he let her do that. And she's just bawling and she's hysterical oh, at this point. Shit. And she's like, I saw your eyes roll back in your head and you enjoyed it and blah, blah, blah and all this. And I was like, oh my fucking God. So I was like, I don't know what this is about, but when we get back to Utah, we're just going to have to break up. I can't deal with this. I don't know. We end up going back to the hotel. I end up puking out of the fucking car. I end up walking and I'm still puking. And these forensic people that I'm with are just as fucking twisted as I am. And so they're looking at my vomit and the pattern of it. And we're like, yeah, do you see that void pattern right there? Because that means that something was standing right there and you puked on this person or something. It was just, I mean, they're all talking. That looks like it's like 45 degrees, 90 degrees, you know, and they're all analyzing my vomit pattern. It was pretty hilarious. But we get back home. She ends up moving out because she's so pissed and everything. Ends up moving all her shit and everything. And I'm like, great, you know, whatever. I don't have to deal with this shit. We're done. And so for a while, I was like excited about that. And when I say a while, it was probably like a day because then I went back to the crime lab and she had lost her shit because I showed back up, you know, do my training and stuff there. I go to the bathroom. And I don't know what it is with the bathroom. But she fucking comes in the bathroom and corners me. <laughs> And tells me that I cannot be at this place because she is at this place. And if I don't love her, then I can't do this. And I was oh, like, oh, shit. I was like, you're crazy. Grow so up. So fast forward probably like a month. And this is where I start meeting Beth, who owned a club at the time. I show up at the lab 
I used to wear like a blue scrub and apparently there was this big gigantic long hair that was on my back that she pulled off you know the person that I dated had really long blonde hair and she pulled it off and she just looked at me and I was like oh weird I don't know where that came from so she started getting like started texting me and wanting to hook up and everything and I was like no you know this isn't gonna happen we're done I'm moving on and you need to move on as well one day she asked me to take her to get a check or drop a check off I can't remember exactly at this point I was like okay I will do this you know, one time for you. I'm a nice person. So I take her to Orem because she didn't know Orem. Dropped off the check and then she comes back and she's going to get in her car. And she's like, but can I use your restroom before I go home? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh. So she goes in the house and she goes to use the restroom, which is what I lived on was like a three story like town home at the time. I went to the basement to put the clothes in the dryer. And as I go up to the middle part of the house i noticed she wasn't there she wasn't using the restroom so i was like fuck and so i go upstairs and she's naked in the bed now and <sighs> she's like i just want you to make love to me one more time i didn't know what to say i just looked at her and i said no i was like this is not gonna happen you know because one it was horrible sex in the first place so i didn't want to go back again <laughs> and then you know Two, she'd probably cry and her makeup would fall off. I don't want to see that. You know? so I was just like, this isn't going to work out for us. I was like, you know, I need you to put your clothes on and I need you to leave. I don't want to do this anymore. And that was the last time I talked to her. So she got her stuff and left. Oh, I felt bad. Damn. Mark, lesbians can't fake sex like you guys can do. We can't just go in there with our dick hard and feel friction <laughs> and then get off. It's emotional. If I am not interested in you, I'm not going to have sex with you like that. It's funny that you said that because when I went and saw Joan Rivers with JD, uh -huh. one of the things that she says is it's so easy to fake an orgasm in gay sex. All you got to do is spit on their back. Oh my God, that's so fucking funny. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true though. You, you, you raise a very solid point there. I've got one more really quick story before we Do call it. it good for this episode. And I'm going to call this guy Joe. And the reason I call him Joe is because he was a GI Joe. Now, I met him on the app Grinder. So you know that if it's Grinder, it's probably most likely not going to turn into any type of long-term relationship. So I saw G.I. Joe, and I thought it was kind of a distant photo. The problem with the computer age and apps is a lot of times, and we've all learned this the hard way, is sometimes a person looks absolutely stunning. Because there's a filter on the picture. It's an old picture. It's taken from a distance. There's two people in the picture. And you think you're talking to the one when it's the other, whatever. There's a million different things that can go wrong. So I did not put a lot of faith into this date. I agreed that we were going to get together. And it was a Saturday night. And I went down and I met him. And he was in an apartment pretty close to the Winco that's on like 7200 South, right next to I-15. So he was like a stone's throw from that store. I okay. remember that. And, you know, wintertime, I went over there and I meet him and, oh, fuck, Barbie. He is, he's a really cute guy. He's muscular. He's um, part Latino, part Asian. Mm. Yeah, right up my alley. We go, we jump in my car and we go, we have pizza in Salt Lake City 
at one of those stone brick oven pizza places. And it was okay. You know, it wasn't anything fantastic, but we wanted to try it out. And our mutual friend Tony had suggested it. So, so we come back to his place and then we start doing like rum runners because <laughs> that's what he had in the place was like rum. And one thing leads to another and I, oh my God, it was an all night thing. It was like every few hours we were back at it, man. We were a couple of rabbits. It was amazing. And I mean, his apartment was just absolutely beautiful. He had like beautiful cotton sheets. Everything was pressed. Everything was nice. Very much military. The next day I go to leave and I said, you know, I'd really like to show you my place. And Monday was a holiday that weekend. That night he comes over to my place. And so I had made dinner for him at my place. And I can't remember if we like watched a movie or whatever. And then we went to bed. And again, it was just lots of sex. Now, here's the one thing that was odd about it is that in the middle of the night, he was starting to have nightmares or something. Oh, shit. Because I woke up. He is like reacting. I don't know if it's to a dream or whatever. And I don't know the background of him as far as like if he'd been to Iraq or, you know, another country or if he'd like seen combat. I don't know. But he was having some type of like night terror, which I'd never experienced. But it woke me up because, you know, something was happening with him. The next day was a holiday and we chatted and everything was great. And it's like, you know, we're going to get together again in a few days. And I'm like, man, I could really see myself, you know, dating this guy. This guy's really got his shit together. So he left. And then a few days went by. We're texting every day. And then not so much Wednesday, but then Thursday, you know, we're texting. And then like Friday, hey, what are you doing? And and then it just kind of dissipated. Oh, that's so sad. I don't know if maybe the movie props in the house like freaked him out. And that like triggered the whole Nightmare. night terror thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Me. <laughs> I, I will never know. And it was really sad. He was just a really, really cute guy. A couple months later, you're no longer friends on Facebook. And Have you seen that show? It's on Peacock, and it's right now. And if you haven't, I need you to watch it. It's called Bros. I have not seen it. Okay. I'll be honest with you. I haven't been able to get through the whole show because the guy, he's really loud, and I just want to punch him in the face. <laughs> at least give it a half hour because in the beginning of it, it just, to me, it shows what gay men are really like and how okay. like people, we don't really talk about it as far as, you know, in the normal media of what gay relationship is and what uh -huh. a lesbian relationship is. I mean, people think that, you know, it's generally kind of what you're looking for two monogamous men that are going to be in a relationship and stay that way. But it's not. It's no. all these men that are looking on Grinder, and they get a blowjob and then the guy gets up and leaves and they're done or whatever. I was laughing because I was like, oh my God, Mark needs to watch this because this is what the gay life is like. And it to, to me, it's exhausting. Well, it's probably going to trigger me. Do I really want to watch this? Maybe not. Maybe on a good day. I've lived it. I've already lived bros. But I think it's one guy ends up... I think it'll probably end up to where they get together and they end up having a good relationship or something because the one guy wants a normal relationship. He doesn't want this somebody okay. just to walk in and suck him off and then leave. You know? <laughs> Got but, him. Yeah, Got him. I just laughed. So I well, think you need to check it out. I'll try it out. We're not even a fraction of the way down my list. This is really sad. There's a lot more shocking dating to come. 
You got the one that wouldn't take no for an answer for breakups. There's so many. Uh, well, I still got to talk about Brock. I've got to talk about my Native American date that happened here in Florida. I don't even know about that one. I've got to talk about another individual from Texas, <laughs> another individual from Florida. Each and every one of them has got some shocking details that will have people either rolling their eyes or like, oh my God. There's still so much more to come. But since we've reached the end of our episode today, I'm going to close out this episode, Barbie, by telling you the same thing I tell everybody every week. And that is to be good. And if you can't be good, be good at it. And if you're sitting in prison, you're not good at it. Nope. Good night, Barbie. Good night, everybody. Good night, Mark. I love you. Love you too. Mm -hmm.